What's going on, guys? Welcome back to uh, another episode of Sign City Signal Podcast. Me and Mama are here today. We are, uh, we've been on the computer for the last, I don't know, hour? Two hours. Two hours listening to uh, a pastor by the name of Stephen Furtick, who we uh, spoke about a couple times on our podcast before. And uh, we had a goal of talking about relationships, and we started listening to some of his uh, sermons on relationships and in relationships in general, even with God, your friendships, family members, and all that. And we got on kind of off topic there. Yeah, we actually, Tuesday night, we're together. Um, we were going to do a podcast. It didn't work out. We just started talking about, like, what topics can we talk about? Somehow we got into this relationship topic, and a friend of mine gave me a call, and we were talking about different things, and I was saying about divorce. So now I'm newly divorced, and I went to a doctor appointment, and my choice was single, married, or divorced. And I was saying I don't understand why a doctor needs to know if you're divorced, why can't it be single or married? And then I started to think about the word divorce. Austin looked up the definition of what divorce is because I see divorce as a negative. It's a negative. It, people can look at it as I failed my marriage. So when I type divorce or check off divorce, basically I feel sometimes when I have I to mean, do that. Let's not talk for the people you view it as a I failure. view it yes my perception of checking off divorce others is may feel the same that way. I failed people may feel the same way so my question is why do I feel as though the word divorce is negative and I don't understand why people have to in a doctor's setting have to know or in any setting have to know that you're divorced why do they need to financial, know that you were married financial reasons well I don't know that but it's, I have insurance I is that what it is for financial because as soon as reasons? you get married, it, it, you're, you have different benefits as far as financial stuff, then you should know that. Yeah, but if you're divorced, you're single. But I, I'm saying the whole marriage thing for the title. Well, I guess. I guess that could be because in a divorce decree, like it may for, be that you, they have to cover you under their insurance or might, whatever. But yeah. I get it. But in my opinion, just for me personally, I have a problem checking off divorced. I made a decision, I filed for the divorce, but when I look at divorce on a piece of paper, it's hard for me. I see it as failure. Um, Austin pulled up the definition of divorce. It's the legal dis dissolution of a marriage by a court or other competent body. Her divorce from her first husband. It That's legally dissolves one marriage with someone to separate or disassociate something from something else. So I get it, but so we got on that topic anyway, and you so you could divorce yourself from different things. From it's, cake yeah. or an yes. object. I understand, but I struggle with that. And so our original podcast tonight was going to be about relationships and how different people view divorce. Is it a failure? Like when is divorce acceptable in the eyes of God? When is it not? There's so many different scenarios. So literally Austin came in and we started listening to different, um, to this pastor speak. And we came up with another topic. Um, and one of the things that he said is divorce is not your identity. It is just your situation. 
And so we continue to listen about situations and how you handle situations. So I wrote this on a piece of paper. Divorce is not your identity. It is just your situation. So while I view it as a negative, as being a failure, it's not me as a person, as my identity being a failure. It's the situation that failed, which would in turn be my marriage. Correct? I guess. So we just kept listening and then we got off topic of not necessarily relationships and divorce, but how we handle situations. Um, how do we fix situations? Uh, fixing a situation when is okay, but we have to figure out why that situation occurred so that we can fix it, not necessarily um, when it happened, but why it happened. And again, I... Challenging the root. Right. Again, I wrote down not my identity, just my situation. And that's not just necessarily in divorce. Anytime something happens to you, like... We talk about addiction. Addiction is not that person's identity. And sometimes people call them addicts or whatever, and they're labeling them and attacking their identity when actually addiction is just a situation that that individual is experiencing. It's their situation. It's not their identity. And Austin says on several podcasts that it shouldn't identify. He said that it's there's people, the people search for, the problems and not the reason why correct so they're the judge like you he said he's you sit in a judge seat like you're uh you're part of the jury yeah, we're gonna get into that because he talked about the five different things that we use the situation to fix the system so we have to challenge the system within ourselves to create that created that situation so he's big on challenging the system Instead of what's the alternative, instead of just judging it for what it is. Right. So he said there was five, he used five words to, to, help, to, to help challenge, challenge the system. The why, the, the to, system. Yeah, to fix the situation. Okay. Fix the system by understanding the situation and correcting the situation so that the system is correct. And what are we talking about when we say system? The system within ourselves. Like what, how we think and how, what we do, our thought process, our thought process in situations and what creates those situations. Perception. Right. So it was very intriguing to me. I took a lot of notes and then I'm like, okay, let's forget the podcast on my issue with identity and negativity in the word divorce, because it's not my identity. It's just a situation that I was in and I can't. label myself forever because i divorced just like an addict can't label themselves as an addict they have they're in a situation where they're using substances but it's not who they are right and you talk about this in other podcasts like when people use names they label these people that means they limit themselves right so they they label themselves and people label them and people frown upon divorce people. Oh, you failed. I mean, it's not just addiction. It's all kinds of things that people label you for. And it's not who you are. It's just a situation that you were in. So I found that very intriguing when we started listening to this pastor. Yeah. And we took some notes and he said there's five things that we use in the situation that we cause the situation and we need to fix that situation fix that system 
within ourselves. Yeah, so instead of accepting accepting everybody's label of you, find he's basically saying challenge the the reasons why. Right, the system within why yourself. Why do you why do you feel that way? Instead of just accepting it and saying, "Okay, yeah, I am uh I am divorced, I am a widow, I am this, I am that, whatever." Challenge why you think that way, like find the root reasoning. Right. And he was giving us some reasons why we create these situations. And the five words, the first one is pessimism. Um, and it's considering situations before considering the source. And we all do that. If you think about it, when we hear something, we automatically react to it before we even realize where the source, who was the source or what was the source that that came from. They're basically projecting their insecurities on you sometimes. Or we believe something that's told to us before we even know where it came from. So if someone tells you, example. you know what I mean? So if someone gives you a story, tells you a story about a situation and you believe it before you even hear where it came from. So we, for example... The, the p- politics on the news, depending on what station you listen to, you're going to hear a different story. What's the name for this? This is the pessimist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what, why are they, what, what's the name they call for this? Uh, rumors. Right. When you're pessimistic. Is that what that means? Yeah. So, Sorry, so, guys. You got to work with me. I'm not too... No, uh, it's okay. How do you spell that? P-E-S-S-I-M-I-S. S-S-I. Pessimism. Pestimistic. I don't. Again, I was the one that goes. P e s s i m i s t i c. Tending to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst will happen. Right. So you hear a story, right, and you believe. So we're not going to get into politics because people have different feelings. We don't want to do that. But pessimistic situation. So you hear a situation, for example. Somebody cheated on their spouse. You hear that and you believe it and you're making all these comments. I always knew that. I knew this was going to happen. That person's a piece of shit or whatever. Before you even know who the source is, this may just be a jealous person who made it up, mm-hmm. but now you've taken it to the extreme and call it, created a situation because you believed what they were saying and it was the negative. You just believed it before you realize who it came from and can you trust that source of where it came from. Is that what he was kind of saying on the sermon? Yeah, so that's what he was saying. He said, we're always fine what we're looking for. We're always trained not to trust. So if someone tells you something about someone, you automatically stop trusting that person that they spoke bad about. I don't, I don't think I do that. Well, not everybody does that, but you can understand how that creates, right? So that creates a situation because now you're thinking bad thoughts about someone that aren't necessarily true because someone said it to you. So you're looking, always find what you're looking for. So if you don't like a person, you're always going to want to hear a negative thing about them because it just reiterates in your head what you want to believe about that person. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, we've talked about this before on a podcast right. with Eric and them. Right. So that's the pes- pessimism. The next word that he gave us, and there's five of them, um, is prejudice. He and, used it. This wasn't it, like when people first say that. It, he talks about it's not about skin color. Or, right. So prejudice. He used it as a different. Right. He says it's not about race. It's not about political background, anything like that. And he said, if you don't know what the word prejudice means, it's in the word yeah. to prejudge. And a lot of people prejudge, and that goes back to the stigma part. When you look at someone's appearance, you know, you might prejudge that person. Um, he says prejudice is when you put yourself in the judge's seat or the jury box. You can't witness the positive wisdom if we're prejudging someone. So if we prejudge someone off of things that we heard about them or our own perception of that person... They're automatically guilty. We're, we're being prejudiced. We're judging them. We're prejudging them before we even speak to them just by the way they look or the way they act or what they say. I mean, this ties into to stigma. I yeah. Mean, we all do. Yeah. Just, I mean, I can even think back to the, the homeless thing and, and someone would label like, hey, there's a homeless person. Like, what's your first thoughts? You don't know that person. They're just, someone told you that he's uh, homeless or you assume that he was homeless so you consider homeless as soon as you hear homeless you think dirty uh no home like can't they need money they do drugs maybe like you get all these different stigmas and that's basically what he's saying right and we're prejudiced and we all do that and you look at people and and through all these podcasts and all these people that we've met through podcasts we understand uh, mike's podcast was on homeless and sometimes you'll look at people and you wouldn't know. I'll give you an example. Randy was homeless on our podcast. Randy from a few months ago. Um, the circus guy, if you listen to all of them, Randy was a homeless person who got himself into a room, um, was working on his life. And we took a picture of Randy with us. We yeah. posted it. I believe it's on the page. Yeah. But your dad and I were doing something with my phone a couple nights ago, and we were going through pictures, and I showed him the picture of me and you and Randy. Not to say, look, he's homeless, but I said, doesn't he kind of look like my dad? Because I often think when I look at Randy's picture that he kind of looks like my dad. And your dad said, he's homeless? He doesn't look homeless because he was dressed nice and that's everybody's perception so we prejudge people so that's just an example of how people prejudge without knowing because in dad's mind he didn't meet randy obviously and he hasn't met some of the homeless people that i've met so therefore what's his perception is homeless people are dirty they, you know, they don't have anything. They're not good people. And some people say they're lazy or whatever and listen to Mike's podcast and you'll learn that that's not true. You listen to Randy's podcast and you find out he had a degree. Like it's situations. It's funny because we're talking about situations. It's not his identity. It's Randy's situation. It's his story. And so through all of our podcasts, actually, we're talking about people in situations and it doesn't mean that that's their identity. Though you, you can almost prejudge yourself if you think about it. How many times you go into a store and prejudge yourself based off other people's possible opinions of you? 
Yeah. Like even the outfit you wear, like what are they thinking about me? Like now I'm ugly. Like just because you're you're prejudging yourself because you think that they're thinking a certain way. It's almost like that guy says you you're we're living in a perception of a perception of others. If I said that right, I don't know how yeah. he said it. But that's that's basically the same thing. Yep. So you prejudge yourself. Yep. So what he's saying is to fix that situation and challenge that system is to look for reasons to witness instead of convict. So be the witness instead of being the jury and the judge, be the witness and listen and see and look and talk to that person instead of looking for the bad, look for the reason to witness instead of convicting them. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Yeah. I mean, this is all tied back to stigma, though, right? We prejudge people. And he said, look for the best in people, willing to forgive people sometimes. Like, we get prejudiced. We see somebody and they have a situation or they treat us a different way. And right away, we're prejudiced against them. That person is bad. They've done bad things. And and this ties back to even when, when Kyle passed away, when people said, how did he die? dad always prefaced it first with he was a good person because of people judging so he always had to explain before he said he died of a overdose he didn't have to that, though he but felt he the didn't need but to. he felt the need to because of prejudice and people's views and so that's people looking for the bad in people instead of looking for the best in people back to the last one you said that you find what you're looking for right so it was pessimism, prejudice. The third one that he talked about and was... again, what are these for? These are to use these... Um, the system... Use these to fix the situation that will fix the system, your system, your current system within yourself. So if you take these words and turn them into the positive, instead of being pessimistic, be optimistic, which is the opposite of pessimistic, be optimistic. Instead of prejudging people, be the witness. Instead of judging them, be the witness. So these are ways that you can create positiveness in your system so that you don't have so many of these situations. Yeah, and in his sermon, he, he uh, relates it back to a story, I guess, is in the Bible. No, this was just a story that he made of a well, yeah, it was kind, hand. yeah, it was kind of like in the Bible where Jesus healed the sick, yeah, so you know, took he, a situation and fixed it for somebody. He does a very good job at uh, relating back to that story. I mean, we're no, I guess I can't say that because then we'd be prejudging ourselves. So, <laughs> all right, keep going. Yeah, the third one is perversion. And his definition of that is it's a gift that's used against its intention. So he says that stuff was made for men and men were not made for stuff. I didn't really understand this. So you're going to have to kind of explain this. People in your life. Provision uh, is the definition. Perversion. Perversion. Yes. P-E-R version. Yes. Is the alter, alteration. The alteration. Alteration of something from its original course, meaning or state to a distortion or corruption of what was first intended. Right. A scandalous perversion of the law. So you're given something for a specific reason and you turn it around and use it for something differently. Okay, I remember him saying that. Right. So we, pe- you, we 
take what God's gift and we twist it right. to use it a different way than what the gift was intended for. Right. So when we're chasing material things, it's out of order. Like God gives us men or stuff, stuff, things were made for us. We were not made for things. So you say made or intended? Made. So, for example, people in your life, people that come into your life as a gift to help you, they're in your life to help you. They come to help you. Then all of a sudden you become needy, and they're not here to help you anymore. You expect things out of them. Could we relate this to relationships? Yeah. Like a marriage or something. What were you thinking? So when you first get in a relationship, like he says, you always... He gets what the tool out, the magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. You always look for the good in the person. You don't always look for the bad. Right. So what you see as a gift before you get married becomes a negative once you're married. He gave us the example of a person being quiet. Like he was the, the man was intrigued by this w- woman who then became his wife because she was so quiet and innocent. And then they got married, and when there was conflict, she was quiet. Then it became a negative. He loved when they were dating that she was quiet and listened and was attentive to what he was saying. But then when they got married, it became a negative because when they would fight, she wouldn't say anything. She would not give him the satisfaction that he was looking for. She just stayed silent. Offense. Yeah, he was talking about an offense. So, yeah, so perversion is just, you know that you're using something or even someone that was given to you that wasn't intended to that you. wasn't intended for that reason and we do a lot of things and use a lot of things for things that they weren't intended the purpose for that thing was not what we're using it for and that, so that's like material example, things too for like example like okay i work construction you don't use a hammer to drive a screw in would that make sense or no right but people do try it i've already done it yeah right so that there's something it's made for something but we it's end made up for the using purpose it. of hammering a nail in but right we use it for other things as well right and we do that in our life i believe we do that in our life we're given something for a reason and we turn around and use so it like a friendship up. you could almost take advantage of right it. So you're given this friendship that you should be happy that you have, and then they make you mad, and then you turn it into the negative, and then you use it against people. Instead of what? Or you can, for example, grateful. you may have a, a really popular person who becomes your friend, and you use that friendship and that person against another person and say, look, so-and-so is my friend. You're leveraging him. Right. So it's your friend. What they didn't become your friend so that you could use it right. They didn't become your friend so you can say to others, look at who's my friend, right? So that would be not intended. That was using someone against the intention. Right. Okay. So then the next one was procrastination. And this is putting things off. And why don't we do it now? And we all procrastinate. Mm -hmm. I'll admit to it. I do it. A lot. So the action of delaying or postponing something. Right. So procrastinating in a situation means basically you're not going to deal with the situation now. 
you're procrastinating. So, but why do you do that? Why do you procrastinate? Well, people do different things. They're waiting for feelings. On one of the examples, he said, you people are waiting for feelings. So they procrastinate. They don't want to handle the situation or talk about the situation now because of their feelings. Like they want those feelings to go away or they want some type of feeling before they address that situation. And he was saying, you know, well, we're waiting for feelings, but instead let's feel it because we believe it. So go after the situation and believe instead of holding off and waiting for some type of feeling or to get feelings or to have feelings. And an example of that is if you are having an argument and you want that person to apologize, you're procrastinating. Instead of you being the, the better person and saying, you know what, we disagreed on this. I'm sorry for what my part is in this situation. You procrastinate and you wait for them to come to you first. It's not fixing the feeling. It's not fixing the situation. Okay, what's next? And then the last one is pride. I missed this one, this part. The pride one? Yeah. So you can look up the definition of pride. A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. The achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. Two is consciousness of one's own dignity. And the verb be especially proud of a particular quality or skill. Right. So what he's saying in, in this word pride is in a situation... Stand up in the middle of the weakness and the failure and pretend and don't pretend that you don't need need it. You need pride. Like you need pride. You need to be comfortable with yourself and have that pride. So for example, in, in addiction, be proud of yourself. You know, admit that you had that weakness and failure, but still pride yourself in who you are. Because you do need that. You are still a good person. It's a situation. Do pride and value go hand in hand? Yeah, I think so. A lot of people have pride in what they do, but they won't admit that they're proud of it because then they sound like they're bragging or how many times do you do something you're that you're proud of? Again. Right. But how many times do you do something you're, you know, you're proud of it and you feel the pride, like what I just did, I just accomplished 30 days clean. I'm 30 days into sobriety and you're proud of that, but you're not going to say anything. What? Because you're afraid of that failure or that rejection or that negativity. Like you need it, but people blow it off. How many times do people say... It doesn't matter. You're proud of what you did. You're, you've accomplished something. But when somebody brings it to your attention, and I do it all the time, when somebody says, you know, you're a great person for what you do, and I always make a joke. Like, I can't take it. Like, I should be proud and take pride in what I do. And when someone acknowledges what I do, instead of taking the pride and saying, thank you, yes, I turn it around and I make a joke about something totally different or something not related. When we should 
you know, be proud of ourselves and show that pride. We take pride in things. You work on a project and you do this all the time. <laughs> you just do what? Think about it. You take pride in, in that artwork that you just posted. That was like last year though. But you take you took pride in that. But when somebody said something to you about it or Aunt Michelle was walking through looking at all these pictures that you created, you you're like, yeah, it's no big deal. I just did this. I did that. But you were proud of them. You hung them in your apartment, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You take pride in your work. You take I, pride in everything you do. I'll admit I take pride in my work, but I don't really accept the... Recognition. The recognition for it. But not not only that, but you don't see the value. Like I, I don't value my work as much as I think I should or the basic I, I prejudge my work because I don't think anybody else is gonna think it's good I guess I don't so like those artworks I didn't I could probably put them online and sell them but I didn't feel like they were top-notch artwork like you see out there but they well could have been like but I prejudged it and then that's where I lost my opportunity because I didn't put it out there to see if it would sell. So I limited myself because I labeled myself. Right. But it's, he said, don't pretend that you don't need it. Don't pretend that you don't need the recognition. Like we don't brag about it, but it feels good when somebody notices, you know, that was the last one. So just to recap, you know, all situations, do not identify who you are. And I think that's important for a lot of people to hear. I mean, in the world today, people are committing suicide or whatever. They just don't feel the worthiness of it. And it's not who they are. When things happen to you, it's not who you are. It's just a situation that you're in. And there's ways around it, like ways to challenge the system within yourself. And again, like if you're... This this is perfect example when you're you're suicidal. I I can't say I was extremely suicidal at one point, but I like didn't care that I would die. But basically, what he says is you, you're gonna find what you're looking for. So if you're suicidal, what kind of thoughts are going through your head? You know what I mean? Like you're looking like I'm not I'm not valuable. I'm I'm depressed. Uh, people don't care about me. The best thing a lot of people would say I'm better off with. with out being in this world nobody really would care if i'm not here so what happens when you start thinking those thoughts you start looking for you start finding the the reasons why you're thinking them thoughts you continue to to filter them thoughts in your head you're you're continuing to to scan your life and and find reasons why you believe those beliefs and it's not it's not true so if, if you were to to flip that and find your value in yourself why you're on this earth like what what god's plan is for you and just realize like in those worst moments like when you think it's the worst of the worst just realize it you can only go up from there things can only get better if you start changing your mind process yeah and one of the things he said in one of these speak um talks that we listen to is you choose what you magnify so if you choose negativity or you choose a terrible situation that you're in what you magnify, you get them get more of. Yeah. And that happens. People get in a rut. 
or they get into a situation, they have a situation and they focus just on that, on that. And then it magnifies. That happens all the time. Magnifying glass. Yeah. It literally magnifies. You're magnified on that one thing. It's like taking my magnifying glass and putting it over that thing that you're thinking about the most. Yeah. And it's just going to get bigger and, and badder. It's just, you just don't want that. Yep. So choose what you magnify. Choose to magnify the positive in a situation because every situation, and we talked about this before, has a positive approach or a negative approach. Every situation. How do you explain that? What do you, you mean? You explained it to me. You can pick a Nothing pot. or anything can't be positive. How do you say it? Positive or negative. You decide whether it's positive exactly. or negative. Exactly. In every situation, there's a positive and there's a negative. Or a negative. Or. It's a positive, yeah, positive or, a negative. or a negative. It's on how you, you can look find at a it. positive or a negative in any situation. In any situation. So lately I've been on this thing of when people say problem, like I have a problem or like I have a problem with this person or I have a problem with this uh, idea or I don't look at it as a problem anymore. I take problem out and I use it. I put challenge in there. Or situation. Challenge or situation. So instead of saying I have a problem, you say I have a challenge because now you're up to see what the challenge is and you're finding solutions to, to make that thing work or whatever it is that your problem may be. Right. You're challenging it. Right. So problem would be negative. So if you have a, a problem be... with suicidal thoughts, challenge them suicidal thoughts, find out where they're coming from and why do you have them. You're Now you're looking uphill instead of downhill. Right. Instead of saying I have a problem. Right. And that's, and that's with anything. Yep. You'll find what you're looking for. He said that several times through several different episodes that we listen to. You're always going to find what you're looking for. So if you're looking you for negative, the energy you you're going to find negative. If you're positive, if you're looking for a positive solution to a situation, you're going to find that positive solution. And I, I challenge the listeners because of what Austin just said. There's a positive or a negative in every situation. So instead of going to that negative... When something happens, it's easier said than done. But if you do that and say, what's the positiveness out of this? I mean, we talk about all this rain that we had yesterday. Mm. And people are complaining like, oh, my gosh, you know, we had an issue. I got some water in my basement. I had to shop back all night long. And someone was telling me that today. And I said, you know what? That sucks. But you know what's worse? is down south their whole roof got lifted off of their house they lost everything so your floor got wet and a couple pictures got ruined some people lost every everything that they owned and he's like yeah you're right and i yeah. said so that's the positiveness of it but look at it this way all that's materialistic things right you can fix that exactly you can rebuild and people are safe so it could have been so much worse. So you can always say that in every situation, you can always say it could be so much worse. By no means are we trying to say like we we live perfect lives no, either because we, we definitely have bad days. I mean, you and I will have some stories <laughs> within this past year that we struggled with, but we talked about it. And I think that's the best thing to do is communicate and work through it. Absolutely. And we, we do hold ourselves accountable sometimes. Like you're... You'll say to me, if I'm like negative, you'll say, oh, that's really negative today. Or what did you say to me that one day and it made me so mad? Am I in a mood? And I mean, I'm I like, shouldn't really say that because that's, 
That's kind of shit that pisses me off when you say that to me. Yeah, but then it turns it around because then we talk about it, why we're in the mood, or if we're not in the mood, we say we're not in the mood, and we end up no, talking about it. the worst is when you say, oh my, you're grouchy today. Yeah, I said I don't, he was grouchy Grouchy one just day. comes with a fucking vibe that I don't like. <laughs> I'll never say to him again, you're grouchy today. But we learn from, but we talked about it. I'm just passionate about what I'm saying. I'm not grouchy. Yeah. And you're engaged in one of the other things. I have so many things written on this paper because it was just, it was just. They all tie together. Yeah. um, When you disengage, people disengage and that's lost your sense of passion. And so, you know, that fixed the situation Fix your focus. You fail because of loss of focus. You don't fail because of loss of love. He talked about that when he talked about the marriage couples or people that don't communicate, um, that they need to communicate. Failure is broken focus. And when you focus, are you finding or are you becoming? I thought that was an interesting thing too. Are you finding something to focus on or are you becoming a focus for yourself are you putting yourself in situations to become focused are you looking and happiness is being the right person that's key like that's the key oh, yeah. takeaway he talks about, he talks about relationships happiness and he talks about two halves equal hell that's not how he, he <laughs> yeah. said it. you wrote he it said down two halves equal hell i don't think he said equal yeah, two halves equal hell is exactly what he said. What What did they say? He said something about two come together as one. Right. So you can't wait and think that somebody else is going to make you happy. Fulfill you. Right. And you make have, your happiness. Right. You have to find your happiness first before. That's key. Like, you have to find your happiness. They have to find their happiness. And then together, you will two be happy. come together as one. And be And happy. If you're counting on someone else to make you happy and they're having a bad day or they leave, you're not happy anymore. I'm learning that right now. Like, I'm getting better at it. Like, I have to make myself happy. When you're married or together for a long time and you're depending on that other person to make you happy, it's a lot on their shoulders. And you're really not happy because you don't even know who you are. Like, you got to find yourself. And that's what he was saying. Happiness is being the right person. Being who you are and what makes you happy. What was he saying about being single? Um, I can't. Did you know Jesus was single his whole life? Yeah. He didn't need to be married. <laughs> Austin likes that. Jesus was happy being single his entire life is basically what he said. So you can be happy by yourself single for your entire life and that's just how people judge i think he was he said his whole life he was what 26 well he died young yes i forget what age he said i don't know but in his 20s but yeah i mean he basically what he says is you don't need a significant other to to bring happiness in your life right they can bring joy in your life right so. But yeah, I'm single. I'm. <laughs> well, at least you're single and you don't have to check the divorce box. <laughs> and we'll talk about so that on another podcast. So when people look podcast. at you as a divorced person, what do they think? Because they label you. 
but it's not my identity. It's my situation. But people, depending on the experience that they've had with divorce or what they believe in divorce, I'm labeled differently. Some people understand it. Dylan doesn't believe in divorce. Me and Dylan struggled with that. Like I struggled myself with divorce. But listening to everything you're saying now, don't don't judge that person just because they're divorced. Listen to their situation. Yeah, or you don't even have to listen. Just understand that everybody has their own story and situation and don't prejudge that person. They don't have to share their story. I mean, when you hear about people getting divorced, sometimes people say, oh, I'm sorry. Well, what are you sorry for? Like, now you're pitying the person because they're divorced. Like, there's so many different feelings that people get and responses that you get when you say you're divorced. And that's why I always feel like, I guess, ashamed until today when I heard that it's just my situation. It's not my identity. But people look at, oh, you're divorced. Or you're single. How many people say to you, Austin, how old are you and you're still single? 28. <laughs> I'm still single. But don't people say that? The best looking single dude oh my out God, there. Here we go. All right. <laughs> okay. Taking pride. <laughs> He's taking pride. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with that? But anyway, guys, we j- I just we listened to this and I'm like, yeah, let's just drop the whole relationship divorce issue and let's talk about how we challenge the system within ourselves that create our situation. So just evaluate your situations. Don't identify people because of situations. Like that's key when we talk about stigma. This all goes back to stigma. Don't prejudge people. Don't identify people because of situations that they're in because you don't know why they're in those situations. So homeless people, don't identify them as a homeless person. That is a person that has a situation that put them in this position that they're in right now, but that's their situation. So turn it to the positiveness. So we have the five words, pessimism, prejudice, perversion procrastination and pride yep anything else no just the other thing is i think i I don't know who i heard it from but you are your reflection of your thoughts it kind of goes back to what you were saying there and and honestly when you're dealing with the person that's negative you can't change it you cannot change a negative person to a positive person. You can't. They have to want to change and be open to the change. You can suggest it. I didn't hear it. this on the sermon. No, I learned this and read this in other things. You can. Did you learn it from experience? Um, yes. I've learned that it's frustrating and you can't change the person. How many times do we hear people say you can't change people? Just like you can't motivate people. You can help but they have to want it themselves. And that's in addiction, that's in anything. That person individually has to want it. You can help guide them and give them ideas and coach them and monitor and mentor them. But if they don't want it, you're wasting your time. And you know, a lot of people that are negative, if you tell them they're negative, they will not believe that they're negative until you start pointing out, well, that was a negative or... Because some people just get so in their heads that they don't realize it, see it, or hear it. 
So this podcast is going to help some people like like what we said about magnifying. What you magnify, you get more of. Yeah. And like Austin said, we're not perfect, but when I read this, if anybody's part of the group, I put those um, positive phrases out there. It's not because every day I'm up and positive and I don't do it because it pertains to me. I just think, well, this could help somebody today, whether it affects me or is implying my feelings, maybe sometimes, maybe not. But just to read a positive quote every once in a while, it makes you it makes you positive. And then when, as we talked with Eric, like in the morning time, I look at Bubba Chase. Like I have a picture of Chase, I open it up and I'm smiling. I don't turn the news on to find out what's going on. I look at a picture of Chase in the morning and I smile. You know what it is for me? What? Sunset. I mean, sunset. Sunrises and sunsets. Yep, I saw you had a beautiful one this morning. What'd I say? Something about the sun or something after the day of rain. I don't After. After the rain. Tell them what could, you said. You could relate that to life. There's when it rains, meanings. it pours. <laughs> There's deeper meanings behind my, my post. When it rains, it pours. Is that positive or negative? I'm just asking. People say that all the time. Boy, when it rains, it pours. It's a song. I didn't know it was a song. It's a saying, when it rains, it pours. But after your darkest, rainiest days, brings the beautifulest, beautifulest things. It's a sunset. Is it just sunrise? Sunrise, sorry. Because <laughs> it was sunsets. this morning. Tonight, you missed the sunset. Yeah. So... That's a whole other page. He has sunrise, sunset, where people contribute pictures of positive, beautiful sunrises and sunsets. A lot of times we're so focused on what's down in front of us, we don't look up. If I look up while I'm driving, I'll be, I might be face up. You know what I mean, though. I know. We're so tunnel vision on what we're doing right now in front of us. We're... The world is so much in a hurry, it's not even funny. You ever realize that? Yep. Everything's go, go, go. I know. Nobody lives for today. It's always what's next. Guys, I hope this helps. A little bit different, but it all comes back to identity, um, who you are, what you magnify, and how you handle your situations. All right, guys. Um. We're still going to do this live <laughs> that we've been talking about. We did a little preview of it, but we're going to do one. So uh, we just got to schedule one. We'll let you guys know. Yep. You guys come up questions, and then we'll do the questions live on our podcast. And I think we're going to record it so that when Sunday rolls around, we can uh, put that up for everybody to listen to if you missed it. Yep. Thanks, but, everybody. Uh, yeah. This is the Science Thing Stigma Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.